Happy hump day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always for a blue shirt Wednesday, an unofficial. We didn't actually test message each other about this, but it's blue shirt day here on Brown Bag Bets. Andy, did you know that? This is this is like grayish. I don't know if my cam is just goofy. It does it look like a. It's it like that dress. Like it looks like it has a bluish hue in camera, but this is like battleship gray. I wonder what's going on here because this this wall is much brighter than it comes across. Um, already getting already getting baseball questions. Maybe it's because I'm the hottest baseball handicapper on the streets right now, with uh, my Red Sox winning as an underdog. Even though, Jesus, that that didn't get steamed the right way. The Dodgers, or excuse me, the Yankees' money came in maybe a little on the uh, Martinez news and a little on the fact that they're the Yankees and they're going to take money anyway. Um, October is all about pink. I have a pink sweatshirt. I have to wear that for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's right. Uh, I tried. I tried. I was telling producer Dan this off the air. I attempted to care about baseball by betting on it. I thought maybe if I bet on it, I would care more. Still didn't stay awake. And <laughs> we went out and got margaritas last night, so maybe that made me sleepy before bed anyway, but I, I, I cashed out in like the seventh inning, fell asleep, so a little rough for me, a little rough for Andy. Um, it's okay. Tennis went good, two and one. Liang made it a little tricky. Uh, our underdog got crushed, but you don't pay juice on an underdog, <laughs> which is fine. The favorite one very handily. That was pretty easy. So nice. It's a nice hey, money day for us. A lot, a lot of times early in the week, we don't have a ton of bets going because I'm talking about golf that's happening later or we're talking football or futures. So we had a we had a nice little cash day for the old show yesterday. I like that. Nice and easy. Stack nice it up two and one. If we could go two and one every day, we'd be doing all right. What do you think? And at three and one, throw baseball in there, baby. That's right, true. Red Sox, Red Sox. We don't want to get right. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Tonight we have another wild card game where the St. Louis Cardinals will take on the Dodgers. And this one is probably, I don't know, let's go 10, to, 10 years down the road. Will we ever have a team with this many wins in a wild card game again? That would be something. Jesus. They're a very, very good team. Don't don't be fooled by what anybody tells you. The Dodgers are a very good team, and they are, of course, a heavy money line, minus 225. Uh, St. Louis, plus 175. Right off the bat, somebody asked, Cardinals, plus 1.5, minus 110. I don't know the answer to this, but my gut tells me, and my gut, based off the math I've done with other sports, is the plus 1.5 can't be a good bet long-term in baseball. Is it like how often does a team just lose by one compared to if you want to bet on a team? I think long-term betting the money line would be better. I'm going to check into that. I'm going to ask some baseball guys about the, uh, the plus one and That's a half. That's what I've heard from baseball dog. guys. That's what I've heard. I know our one buddy, James Mazolik, and he handicapped golf more, but when he's into baseball, he was a huge proponent of just take the money line plus one and a half is you know, almost as bad as buying the point from like four to five in a football game or something like that. You made it sound really unappealing. Yeah, and there, there is something similar in the NFL, whereas the underdogs of uh, plus one, plus one and a half, plus two and a half, if you would just, if you were betting all of those in general, if you'd had just taken the money line over a long period of time, you'd be up way more money just taking the money line. So plus one and a half is, yeah, it's real tricky in a game. Somebody just brought up playoff hockey. Yeah, hockey is a little different because, again, if you're betting that in regulation, 
or you know, not even regulation. A game can end in a tie technically when you're betting, you know, three-way hockey stuff. With this, it is tricky. This game will not end in a tie. Um, I was just going to mention this, and the chat brought it up. The total is pretty low. I wonder if in some of these games where there's two really, really good pitchers, where we have a total of like six, six and a half, those crazy low ones, or even maybe, you know, and, and the, it is correlated to the total a lot of times. That's what's the yeah. price. It's kind of baked in already. So I don't know. This the would answer. be better. kind of talking in circles. But I don't know if it's still good. I think that's kind of what we're approaching. Like, yeah, the low total, two good pitchers. It might be better, but again, we're still pretty sure it's not good. And in general, it's it's not great if you're buying stuff. I mean, I don't know. That plus 175 looks nice to me. I mean, the Cardinals, they're the hot team at the end of the year. Uh, it's, I think they have a history of ruining the Dodgers. I know that doesn't necessarily matter, and it's a little bit trendy. But yeah, every baseball handicapper that we've talked to, and in general, I know, again, you've looked into it with football. I've looked into it with basketball. Buying points, buying runs, anything like that is, is generally bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. And again, seven and a half is a lower total, maybe a little bit of an advantage in a tight playoff game. But I'd, if I were betting it, I'd bet the money line. And since I don't really like anything tonight, I'd just find some home run props or something like that. Take a first five, maybe St. Louis first five plus a half run, something like that. You think these starters do well. Wayno's fine. Obviously, Scherzer's real good. But these are good. Obviously, the Dodgers offense is prolific. And St. Louis has been hot as shit in September. So let's just uh, leave it up to you guys. I don't have a pick on this one. I'm going to keep my perfect playoff record intact and kind of scour the timeline for some home run props or some some baseball props. I don't know. Do you have a take on this at all? No, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I like the idea of going for a first five. That's always fun. But we'll put a pin in the plus one and a half question. Next time we have money in the Brank or Mr. Burke back on, we'll ask them to uh, espouse on it a little bit. Yeah, I did. I asked Frank about it once with uh, the minus one and a half. He's like, why? The, he just looked at me like I was an idiot. He said, why would <laughs> why would a team care about winning by two with, when they're up by one late? Like insurance runs are a thing, but it's like there's no, you don't, there's no style points in baseball. It's not fair. So. It what is hump day do? though, Alex. It is hump day. and that Some uh, call it Wednesday. Some people do call it Wednesday. We call it we win total Wednesday. Wednesday. More, more basketball. We're close. Uh, we talked to oh. we talked to Andy McDeal about uh, hockey. Hockey starts on the twelfth. What is, I have that like etched in my brain now. What day is the actual NBA opener? The NBA opener. Uh, it looks like it's the nineteenth. So we have one more oh, win one more total time. Wednesday. This is our second to last win total Wednesday. And next weekend and next that. week, we'll get some uh, some NBA um, people on. We'll do some more futures and stuff because there's always plenty of stuff to bet. In fact, there was some other stuff I found this morning. But for now, it's win total Wednesday, Andy. And I know that you know sometimes I'm usually pessimistic here. And honestly, as you start to look at the market, we are in a position where unders are probably better bets than overs. At the beginning, um, you know, when they posted regular season win totals, Andy, the books did it right. They had 1,230 wins. That's how many wins you have in an NBA season, 1,230. And now it's uh, up to 1,238 or so. But despite that, and I promise you, folks, this isn't just to keep producer Dan happy, but I promise you I have his full attention now as we are going to discuss optimism over the Atlanta Hawks, Andy. This is how I can prove to the people that I really am over the Sixers playoff debacle. But 
this looks like a really solid team to me. It's the same group they had last year, but there's two things that are going to, I think, make a big difference and are being a little bit underrated. The first thing, DeAndre Hunter looks to be healthy. He's back. He is the perfect defender, the perfect kind of guard to put next to somebody like Trey Young. He's also very solid on the offensive end. If he can stay healthy for the season, which, again, besides the one injury last year, I have nothing in his history to make me think that this is going to be problematic, assuming he did all his rehab and stuff, which I'm sure he did. Um, bringing DeAndre Hunter back is great. And they're also going to have a full season of Nate McMillan as a coach. I know that he's someone that got kind of thrown under the bus um, at the end of Portland and the end of Indiana. He is someone that is not a great coach. He's not one of the top five coaches in the league, but he's not a bad coach. And that really matters, as crazy as it sounds. To have a coach as at least average or above average makes a huge difference. Really was impressed with what he did in the playoffs in the second half of the season, taking over this team as the interim coach and kind of finishing out there. So really optimistic about those two things. As you take a step back, We've got a team here that's 10, 11 guys deep. They're going to be able to get through injuries. We saw them with it last year. Even when Trey Young was out, they would continue to win and cover night in, night out. That kind of depth is really going to matter. As I've said before, we've got a full 82-game season after a compressed offseason, after a season with a compressed offseason. We're not done with all the injury nonsense yet. I don't think it's going to be much better than it was last year, and the Hawks are prepared for that. 46 and a half, I have them at 49 wins. At some versions of my models, I've had them as high as 50-51 wins. Again, the kind of consistency, having an above average coach for an entire year, having that kind of depth. It's a team that, again, hasn't changed much, but it has gotten better. They should just be very comfortable this season. So like them to have that many wins. And there's an interesting market, Andy. It's not at every book, but um, I found this yeah, at DraftKings. I saw, and I saw be, that. There might be one or two other places. Maybe when you're in Iowa over the next week, you can find this. You can bet the Hawks to be under the five and a half seed. And what this means is they have to be a top five seed. So one, two, three, four, or five. Um, you go back and look last year, they were the fifth seed, you know, got to play the Knicks. Again, I expect the team to be better. You look at the East, it's tough to think about how my sixes are going to be without Simmons. I expect them to probably take a step back. The other teams, you know, kind of in the middle there have taken a step back. The East has gotten better at kind of the bottom and the lower middle, but the Hawks are in great shape here. I think they can be the four seed, possibly even sneak as high as a three seed. So if you have access to this, look around. Over 46 and a half wins, over 47 and a half wins at some places. Hunt around. The 46 and a half is obviously better. 47 and a half is okay. And then if you can find the seed, under five and a half, under the five and a half seed for me. So a lot of Hawks optimism. You're welcome, Dan. I was half, half expecting him to pop in just to thank you. I'm I'm excited about the Hawks, and I was a little worried you were going to get triggered there when you started listing off the seeds <laughs> that they could be, because that's the 76. You were, you almost started singing the 76ers song when you went that's one, right. two, three, four, five. Sixers. Tear down your eye. All Tonight, right, I'm in. I'm in on the Hawks. Sixers. I lost money on them last year. Whatever. <laughs> we're back. It's good to change your mind. It's good to have an open mind in sports betting, be able to you know hate a team's chances and, and quickly come to grips with the fact that they do have a good roster and we should be betting on them. Speaking of people I'm going to be betting on, I still haven't got to match up. So I'm hoping to get to that this afternoon, but I did find some top 20 bets. This is a market that I am really wondering if I need to get more involved in just from a, what the hell are books doing price um, standpoint? Like you are finding wild differences in prices on some of these um, Ian Poulter at an offshore that I often bet at was like plus 200 plus 275 maybe tops to be top 20 
and you go to, uh, I believe it was FanDuel, plus 390. There are just massive crowd. Perez at certain books. Pat Perez, another one I'm, I'm backing. I've backed numerous times. Love this guy. Plus 400 at some books. Plus 550, again, I think maybe back at the offshore, I bet him at. So it's not even like, you know, consistent. Like FanDuel is always going to have the best number on stuff. It's just like, I'm not sure if it's a liability thing or the traders are doing, you know, their own thing with these top 20 markets. I can't imagine they're taking heavy liabilities on here. So I'm not sure if it's just some sort of math they're doing based off their outright prices and not adjusting top 20s or over adjusting top 20s. But you can... If you have three, four, five, 15 books, if you want to bet top 20s, find some guys you think might have value and then shop. And you might find that you're finding a dollar or two better prices on some of these. And definitely all of these. Like I, I, I wrote down my initial prices that I was happy to bet them at. And then I found much better prices on three of them. So Maverick McNeely, Ian Poulter, Henrik Norlander, and Pat Perez, top 20 prices plus 240, plus 390, plus 450, and 550, respectively. Again, I talked a little bit about the course yesterday. These are some guys that matched the model that I put together. Mav McNeely's had a nice late summer. Ian Poulter has had a break now off the uh, off the big loss in the Ryder Cup. Just got the shit kicked out of him, but uh, those guys. It's not I'm good for at, him. Yeah, hopefully. It hopefully might be the end, end of Ian Poulter might be the, the end Ryder of, Cup. Ryder Cup Poulter might be done, although I'd like to see him in Rome. That would be fun. So, um, yeah, just He'll be a captain. hopefully have some more golf out later. Yeah, they'll make him and a captain. Non, non-playing, non-playing captain, Ian Poulter. Everybody likes him over there. I'm sure that'd be fine. He wears so. the fun pants. That, that's true. I got that. Tennis. <laughs> you want to do tennis? Oh, well, I guess we might as well. There's some tennis. You teased, you teased us yesterday. I did. We got some outrights. They did. They finally hung some stuff. It took them about 20 hours after the draw came out to put up some odds. But here we are. I did a full write-up for this. You can find it on my Twitter, underscore noobs, went through, broke down every quarter, shared some of my data and, and some other thoughts. But here are my outright picks. Again, the tournament gets underway, the women's draw, in a couple hours here. So you've got some time to poke around. And similar to what Andy said about the golf, um, you know, Books have much different numbers on these. So we'll start with Danielle Collins. I've seen her as low as 20 some places, but there are 30 or better a few spots. She has been absolutely fantastic. One of the best players on tour um, since having a surgery. I'm not exactly sure what it was for, but um, you know, related to some things going on, she's come back with it, been much healthier all around, gotten back to the very high level we saw from her late last year. She's got a nice spot in the draw here. She's in the first quarter. You know, There's a couple names in there. Carolina Pliskova, the number one seed is obviously the biggest name in there but her and another name we're going to talk about in a second sit in that first quarter there danielle collins in the bottom just really like her spot and the way she's playing tennis jessica pagula someone i like to bet on quite a bit in u.s hardcore tournaments she has yet to win a tournament in this swing but has made deep runs and all four of her losses were to either women that won the tournament or made the finals spectacular player has done well in these courts continues to kind of rise up and it is in a section a nice spot in one of the easier quarters of this draw at 30 to 1 i'd have her down closer to 20 even slightly less than that so happy to scoop her and the name i mentioned the other name in the first quarter annette contivate at 35 to 1 we have a chance to get her and collins facing each other in the quarterfinals contivate off of two 
hard court titles, back-to-back hard court titles coming in here, has had some time to recover. She did retire or withdraw in her last match in Chicago, but if you go and look, there wasn't any injuries to speak of in that first-round match. She stepped out and maybe just wanted some time to hang around Chicago because if you look at her social media, which is an important part of tennis, folks, you can't handicap these people without looking at their Instagrams, was having some fun for three or four days in Chicago. So may have been a rest thing more than an injury thing, Andy. That, that's why I follow a lot of these WTA players on Instagram, for sure. Yeah, it's a quite it's a thing. If you're handicapping tennis, I mean, there's not you know there's no Adam Schefter of tennis letting us know every time someone's injured or something's going on. So you got to do your own homework. The final name, fifty to one, and if you live in New Jersey, I've seen this number as high as eighty to one. I'd have a chance to go over the bridge and grab the eighty myself, Andy. But fifty looks good to me. Jill Teichman, someone again started started to finally be healthy. Struggled with some injuries during the clay and grass season, and I think we're getting a cheap number as books are slow to react to her really positive form. Almost one since. That Natty was one of the only people um, to really compete with Barty, honestly, over the last couple of months. And again, is in a tough quarter. She's down in the bottom there with Swiatek and some of the more talented women. But at 50 to 1, I think she can take advantage of a less than 100% Belinda Bencic at a nice spot there. And maybe Swiatek gets knocked off. But if I get 50 to 1 in the quarterfinals, I can figure something out at that point, Andy. I'm looking for these now. Actually, I need some of this. Up. I need some of this preseason hockey to finish. I, sh- I should need to stop betting hockey in the morning. I was looking at why oh. my balances are so down. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm tied up in hockey. So. Um, two, as like long as those guys keep two, winning, you'll have more money eventually. Yeah, it's, it's working out that way so far. So two in one day yesterday. You have a bunch today. Are these still – this is all still – This is all today. I mean, is it all still qualifying or does the tournament no, start No, round today? one starts today. Okay, 2 p.m. Eastern, round one, like 11 a.m. local. to be in qualifying. You are correct. So we finally got some actual tennis underway. They decided to start on a Wednesday. The men start tomorrow on Thursday. Tennis is fun and confusing, folks. Get used to it. Um, They're in California again, 11 a.m. West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast. And a couple of these matches actually start right away, but you've got some time to get them in. Yulia Putin-Seva, again, really having a nice second half of the season. Um, Wanted some tournaments on clay, won a tournament on hard courts already. Really driving some very positive numbers. She's playing Andrea Pekovic, you know, someone who it's hard for me to tell if she's kind of on her way out from, you know, a perspective of playing tennis, but did not play much. If any tennis at the beginning of the season has played sparingly since then, can be talented, can be someone that's tough to beat, but overall does not have the consistency and the quality of game to bother Putin save. A Putin save was someone again with a really high floor, really high level of effort and focus. You know, she's not really going to beat herself. And I don't see what Pekovic can really do here. So Putin save a minus three and a half games. Again, Petrovic has been losing matches that she loses and quickly. Like the minus three and a half games here better than the 2-0. The 2-0 at plus money is okay. But again, minus three and a half, minus four if you want to sell it a half game is okay too. Speaking of minus four, on Lee, someone we like to back quite a bit coming through here. Again, the uh, young American starting to really put together a nice second half of the season. I'm excited to see what she can do next year with a full year. Playing Masaki Doi, um, a player who you know, a few years ago was a solid tour veteran, but is someone that is becoming part of a growing and larger group in the WTA of women that really made a, a lot of money and wins off being consistent. But now as the talent pool grows bigger, they're facing better and better players each match. It's just getting to be tougher. I think this is a perfect example of that. On Lee, I had this out to four and a half, almost five games myself. So minus four, which looked at actually be a cheap number, looked good to me. And I looked at both money lines, Andy, and I liked them so much. We're going to play the game spread. We'll put them together in a parlay. Um, 
I, you know, you look at Putin Seva here from the money line perspective, she's in the minus 200 range. I had her out, you know, deeper than minus 300 on Lee, same thing. So saw some value in both of those numbers, played the spread and also put them together here. And then we've got another couple stacks. We're going to play some women to win and not only win Andy, but win 2-0. Su Wei Shea, um, one of my favorite players, again, a very crafty veteran, someone who takes advantage of players that aren't necessarily either very talented or, or very well focused, faces Madison Brengel, um, someone that I've been happy to fade and done very well doing so the last half of the season. Brengel is kind of holding on and making these tournaments with ranking points that at some point will go away over the next year. And uh, hopefully maybe I will have to stop seeing her name and draws. We can get some better players in there. But for now, let's take Shea. Um, Shea minus 135. This is out to minus 140. Some places I have her minus 160, almost minus 165. So anything better than minus 150 looks okay to me. And the 2-0, look for that. Um, again, I think you can do a little better than the plus 175. But, you know, anything plus 170 or better looks good to me. Same thing here with Kaya Kanepi. She has got Madison Keys, another American who hasn't played very well this year. Just some stunningly bad numbers from Madison Keys. You know, not as poor as obviously Madison Brengle. The talent is still there. You see it from time to time. But just, uh, I don't know, doesn't seem terribly interested in tennis this year. So happy to go with Kanepi here, someone who's been playing solidly over the last couple of weeks, winning matches, and has put up better numbers than Keys all season. So minus 110, we play that out to minus 120. And the 2-0 at plus 200, we play that as low as plus 180. And then our girl, Elena Gabriela Roos, she's not plus 300 this time, Andy. So unfortunately, it won't be as big of a payout. But the qualifier coming through, plus money against Alizé Cornet, who has been struggling the last few weeks in the end of this season. Again, the numbers here look pretty solid for Roos. A little better, although against a worse level of competition. This match should be pretty close, but I have it, you know, minus 110 each way if I was hanging the line here. I have Roos minus 110 myself, so happy to take her at plus 105, plus 110 or better. Poke around. There's some plus 120s, plus 125s. I think there's someone out there who disagrees with me, Andy, so I think you guys might do a little better than I did. Yeah, it is almost interesting when someone pushes back on you. It's like, should I bet this again in a better number? <laughs> or am I dead wrong? We had that conversation <laughs> last night about hockey, and it was uh, it's uh, it's a very uh, open-ended one it's that I tough. don't think there's a, there's not an actual answer to that question. It's a completely rhetorical. It's very much um, there's a lot of things at play. You have to be really confident in your edge, but at the same time, if you're not confident in your edge and you have to be smaller with how much you're willing to put down, it's tough. It's a tough the mar- line. Yeah, the mar- market's going to gonna do what the market's going to do. So, all right, uh, real quick, I'll have a good prize picks promo tomorrow for the Thursday night game. I'm not sure if there's anything tonight for baseball. I know they had a, a strikeout giveaway yesterday, but uh, for tonight, just uh, can't do a baseball one. You can do a baseball win with a football one, but I'm going to wait for tomorrow because I don't know anything about these baseball players or who to put in for props. If you have a good prize picks entry or some props for me to play tonight in the baseball game, by all means, tweet at me and I will actually play it. But yeah, tomorrow tomorrow we'll have a good promo to go along with the Rams-Seattle game. So a lot of fun mm-hmm. for a good Thursday night game finally. And yeah, we'll hit that up for you tomorrow. Thanks for joining, chatting, thumbs upping, retweeting, liking, hanging out, listening, watching, and just being here for us. And we'll catch you tomorrow. See you then.